I was trying to make friends. But the people, the other children, they didn't want to be my friends and said that I was a monster. And so I I picture every other child was like that. And I made the I made up my mind that the rest of my youth I was not going to make any friends because I thought that they were right and I was a monster and I was incapable of having friends. I want people to be encouraged to ask questions about people who look different. And that's that's really what I would want to be left behind. It's more more people to ask questions to other people who look so just obviously different from everyone else. To the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lindor Dayan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lido Dayan. And wow, what an interview I have for you today. The next guy I had in this interview had one amazing and unbelievable story. When he was four years old, he was on a fire which left him with 95% of his body burned out. Dealing with that enormous physical pain he had to overcome depression, anorexia and being bullied by other children who used to call him monster has made him the man he is today and by the way he is only 18 years old. His name is Jediant Queen and his amazing story is a great example for all of us of what true will, power and faith is all about. Jedian chose to stop focusing on himself and on his problems and instead to serve and become a human example for all of us that defy the odds you can overcome any obstacles that life throws at you. Personally, Jedian is a hero, inspiration and I can proudly call him a friend. The main key I want you all to take from this interview is that there is always a beauty about being different and that no event or problem is bigger than you, your soul and your spirit. So without further ado, let's begin the interview. Welcome JD and Queen to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm so pumped to have you finally on my podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. It's great to be here. I'm so glad that you reached out to me. Awesome, man. So uh, for those people that uh, not really know who are you, would you mind uh, introduce yourself like for five minutes? <laughs> All right. My name is Jania Quinn. That's what I go on social media. Um, I am 18 years old and I am a burn survivor. That means that I was burned a long time ago and I've uh, had injuries sustained 95% of my body with third degree burns and I learned how to get over all of the stresses of a burn survivor for fitness and 
that has helped me a lot along with all of my other passions like seeking and engaging in my arts and that's stuff that I really like to do. That's amazing, man. And uh, you you said you that you were a burning survivor when you were four years old, right? Yeah. Which is uh, totally like for, for all, most people it's like, it's an extraordinary experience to, to go through. What was it for you uh, growing up, uh, being do those struggles, both physically and mentally? So how was it for you? The hardest part? Mm-hmm. All right, that would have to be learning to realize how real my situation was, because when it first happened, obviously, I was a child. I was four years old. I wasn't aware of how serious this was. Obviously, I was in a lot of pain, and that really hurt, but the mental and emotional pain didn't happen until later when I reached until being 10 years old or in my teenage years when I was becoming a teenager because I had to find my own identity. And when you're a child, you just kind of fit in and that just wouldn't work for me. So whenever I was at a park, I was around eight years old, I think, I was trying to make friends. But the people, the other children, they didn't want to be my friends. So they threw rocks at me and said that I was a monster. And so I, I picture every other child was like that. And I made, the, I made up my mind that the rest of my youth, I was not going to make any friends because I thought that they were right. And I was a monster and I was incapable of having friends. But all of that was all of that emotional pain that I sustained from bullies and other children. It only got worse as I got older to the point where I ultimately wanted to end my life. But I refused to do so because I learned other people are liking in the world and I applied their struggles to my own. Because I learned that beauty is pain. And there's pain and there's pain and beauty and everything. And I learned that if I could see someone see someone in their struggle, if I could find the beauty and what they were fighting, then I could apply that to my own self. And instead of looking in the mirror and always seeing something that I hated and looking at my scars that I just hated and wanted to get rid of, and I always asked myself, why did this happen to me? I stopped doing that because I realized how selfish I acted my entire youth choosing to isolate myself instead of sharing and educating people about my situation. So instead of looking in the mirror, always looking at the parts of my body that I wanted to change, I looked at the parts of my body that I could enhance. And I found that with fitness because I was tired of looking at the same thing every day in the mirror of this skinny guy that, that no one wanted to be friends with. So, I had to learn how to be a friend to myself first before I could even be friends with other people. So once I applied fitness to myself, it gave me more confidence to go out and actually talk to people and start my life. And I was only like 15 is when I really started to get out of my social awkwardness. So that has been 
and that was the hardest part for me to overcome. You're, you're, this is amazing, you have no idea, like, uh, hearing this story, like, really, like, wow. And because I see so many people uh, that's dealing with uh, accepting themselves and loving themselves, and you actually, you used fitness, and uh, you've been through, like, really, really tough time, because, as you know, growing up, uh, when you were 10 years old or 12 years old, uh, kids uh, say things as they think of, right? They don't uh, think too much, so they, they might sometimes be really, really harsh, so... How was it for you to train your brain to actually see the good and start to actually accepting yourself and loving yourself? So it was a point of realization that I had to take. I had to learn that all of the words that were insulted and directed towards me, the negative insult that I was a freak, a monster, and all of those horrible words, I've heard them all. I realized that the words that were being told to me did not define me. It defined the people that were saying them. Because mm -hmm. there's this quote, what comes up in the bucket is also in the well. And what comes out of the tongue is also in the heart. And so I realized that their judgments were just reflections of how they felt on the inside. And when they are a child, you don't really know that. So I learned that as I got older. And when children look at me now, I'm 18 years old, by the way, and whenever children look at me, I will see parents just tug their child away and move their head away so they stop staring at me. But it is perfectly human and natural for somebody, especially a child, to stare at something that's different because that is what makes them understand how there are different people in the world and when parents and adults let their children not be able to see that and ask questions about why they look different they will never understand and therefore become more close-minded to people with disabilities or people with just deformities and not that that's a bad thing but that it's a different thing because there is diversity in this world whether people see it or not and whether they accept it or not. Mm -hmm. And I just have to realize that I don't have to have the approval of others that don't even know who I am. I have plenty of people in my family that love me and want the best for me, and I want the best for them. So their opinions are the only ones that matter to me. People that I care about, my friends, my family, their opinions matter to me, not strangers or haters and the on and less, just I like you said, uh, the most important thing I believe is uh, that you know who you are. Because no matter what's going outside, as long as you know yourself, I think that's the key to actually live a rich life and happiness and really love yourself. Because once you understand who you are, what you're made of, and uh, nothing will ever come inside of you. And right. I think you have like such a big mental muscle which is also amazing and you're just 18 so if we, we, I would ask you for example where do you see yourself like in a couple of years what would you say? I so like, if I have a plan and it doesn't work out I, I have an A plan and that is to just pursue my, my dreams 
and don't, if my dreams don't work out for two days, uh, then I just have to have a plan D and a plan C. Because I've had a friend tell me to not dream big, dream smart. Because mm. you can dream big all you want, like the, the king of England, and there hasn't been a king of England in like a, a century. But dream smart, not dream stupid, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just realized if my first plan doesn't work out, that I will have another plan, and a plan after that if that doesn't work. And so I have all these goals that I have short-term goals that go along with these long-term goals. Because if I don't finish these short-term goals first, then I'm never going to be able to mount up and finish the things that I have planned out in the future. So it's just a path that I have to take one step at a time, and I can't give up or reverse back because every single day that I choose to do nothing is a day further away from my goal that I want to get to. Mm -hmm. So what is your goals, if we're looking at your goals? What's your uh, short-term goals, for example, right now? Um, I want to get my associate's degree in college because I just started, and then a long-term goal would be to graduate college with a psychology degree and a public speaking degree because I want to be a professional speaker and just help people because if I can help and motivate and inspire other people, it motivates and inspires me. And I just want to encourage people to be their most authentic self because if you're constantly living your life as somebody else, you'll never be able to show everyone how awesome you really are. Yeah, that's amazing, man. You probably know uh, Turia Pete. She's also a speaker. Do you know her? Oh, well, she's from Australia. Yeah, yeah. So she's been also... Uh, uh, in uh, she, she was a burning survivor and uh, now she's doing her public speaking all around America I believe as well so uh, it, it also like like you said you you get inspiration by people that's been through uh, certain stuff just like you and um, it's all about uh, sharing your own story one I remember like a couple months ago I had a, a 21 years old guy maybe you know him he's also a, a very uh, uh, successful in uh, Instagram. His name is uh, Nick Santo Nastasso. Have you heard about him? Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, so this guy he's an is. What? He's an amputee, right? Yeah, so he was he born without legs and no arms and only one finger in his uh, arm. And he's also into fitness and he was even competitive in uh, competition. You see him like with six pack and everything. So, do you think it's something you want to do as well? Because I see you're really into fitness right now. Well, I'm not exactly a bodybuilder. I want to get there, but I'm just learning all the rules of how to get there. I mean, I have fitness goals that I'm trying to reach to, mm -hmm. but it's just going to take time. And maybe I'll do that, but I'm, I'm not sure right now. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So on summer break, I have to get all of my adulting finished. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, how was it like for you and right now as well, for example, uh, handling with uh, people's looks or when people look at you like you're different, especially the, the, uh, the opposite sex as uh, women? So when women look at me a different way, yeah, right now for you, when you're like 18 years old and you're like more confident about yourself, do you approach women, for example? Do you like uh, feel much more confident to talk like really like that? 
So, I've had a past relationship beforehand. I am single now, but my other relationship was two years. And so, for me, I learned growing up, I thought of myself that who could love me? Why I look so different. Who could possibly love me? I'm going to be single forever. And what is a life if I'm going to be single all the time? But being single is really great because you learn how to appreciate yourself. And also, relationships are great as well. But I've never really had a problem having relationships because I've had more people ask me out. I'm not the person to like go and talk to other, everyone else. It's really weird, in my opinion, that I have so many people to ask me out because obviously I look so different, and that just really blows my mind that people will do that. And so I've never really asked anybody else. They've always asked me out. Really? And That's awesome, man. <laughs> I think we, we all uh, fuck ourselves with our head, just like you did uh, in the past, right? You're always like telling yourself those kind of, uh, you know, stories and uh, I'm not good enough, I, I am this and I don't look in certain way. And we all have those kind of stories and we hypnotize ourselves because the more we say something to ourselves, you know, it's incantations. When you say something with enough repetition and emotion, it starts to get in, stuck in your head. Yeah. It's like right. you have a song. It what? will believe anything you tell it. Mm -hmm. So what was the new story for you? Why did you start to actually condition in your head that you start to say different stuff in your head? So it didn't happen instantly. It was a process. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, I've already talked about how fitness helped me. That was the huge part because I would see my body constantly changing. I was getting muscle. I was getting abs. And that, those were my goals for my body. I wanted to become muscular because I knew that I could never change my appearance, but I could enhance it. And so if I could enhance it and work hard for my physique, then it would make me enjoy looking in the mirror better. And so when I would see the gains that I, were, that I was getting from the gym, it started to make me like myself so much more because I was working hard for my appearance to look better and it made me just feel so much better about myself. That's that's awesome. You know, the funny story is uh, for myself, for example, it was all the opposite because a lot of people saw that uh, I have the physique and six pack and all, but even though I had all of that, I had no confidence about myself. And it's funny you're saying like when you started this and it started to develop uh, more confident than you. So I, I believe like every person is a little bit different in terms of uh, how uh, they see themselves, but you were on a good path and you started like, okay, developing that uh, muscle, that appearance, and it got you more confident, huh? Right. So how long you've been training so far? Um, only a year. I mean, I now I'm getting into like muscle building, trying to get my muscles bigger, but before it was just fitness and being healthy and eating more because I used to have anorexia, so I was really, I was a really, really skinny dude, and so I just had to eat a lot of nutrition and a ton of food and protein shakes. So, so I went from like seventy pounds to a hundred and thirty pounds in like wow. four years. So that will double my body weight, and I'm still not where I want to be, but I know that I will get there because I'm not, I'm not 
dancing my body off of anyone else's. I'm dancing my body off my own. And I know the potential that it can reach. And so I don't want to have this false picture in my head of what my body is going to look like. I'm going to be realistic and just have the enhancements and not the crazy changes. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, I've been smart goals. And uh, you said that you dealt with anorexia when you were younger, right? What got you to that point? Was it something mentally that you just like started to don't want to eat more? That was just the point where I isolated myself from everyone. Where I just chose that I wasn't worth having any friends because I was so different. And if people didn't like me, then I wasn't going to like me either. And that was just the point where I was questioning my own existence and why I was here. And I just want, I was dying slowly. I was trying to end my life, but the anorexia just made me feel like I could still hold on if someone wanted me to, if they could see that I was struggling, that they would want to help me. I, I would keep holding on to that as if I was going to have someone help me. But no, no one ever really came until after I started helping myself because depression is like this pit, this seven foot or deeper pit that you just fall into and you can't get out of because there's no rope. You're just stuck in this hole. There has to be somebody on the outside of the pit to throw in a rope while you're in there. And it's your choice to grab that rope and climb up or it's your choice to just stay down there. And you can't be the only one climbing up the rope. The person on the outside also has to pull while you're climbing. And so it took a team effort for me to get out of that situation, but I didn't overcome it by myself, but through my friends and family and people who wanted me to get better and the camps that I went to, they were the people holding the rope. And I just chose to keep climbing because I stopped focusing on myself. I started to focus on other people mm -hmm. because I realized that my life is not about me, it's about other people. Because when I think just about myself, I'm ultimately going to be miserable because my life is not about me, it's about other people. Yes, yes, you're totally right. Most of us, including myself, have been guilty about being... Uh, I believe depression comes when you're obsessed about yourself. When all you do is focusing on you and what you're not getting, right? And the yeah, more that's just a type of depression. That's where it can stem from. But I know a lot of times other people don't choose to be depressed. It can just happen from a chemical imbalance mm -hmm. or stuff like that. But when it has triggers of why you feel this way, you can overcome them. Yes, yes, you're totally right. And how, how was it uh, with your family? How did they encourage you along the years? Was there uh, they really a big impact for you? A lot of my struggling, I kept it secret because I felt like the pain that I was feeling was not validated because I had never seen anyone else go through what I was going through. I didn't appreciate my life and along with that I didn't appreciate the other people in my life so it was a constant isolation that I had just focused on just me and when I started to want to get better by going to the camp 
I went to Berenka. They live all the way in Washington State. And I would fly there, and I would go around other people that looked like me. And I noticed that I wasn't alone in what I was feeling. And I wanted to fix that. I wanted to fix why I was feeling so alone. And I realized that just because you're alone doesn't mean you have to be lonely. And so I realized all of the people around me, and I started reaching out more. And the first people that I reached out to was definitely my family. And so they definitely supported me along with that. And especially my mother, she has been there like my whole life, especially during the accident. She was there by my bedside when I was turned when I was four years old. And she took care of me and bandaged me all the time. And so my mother was a huge, great help for me. Definitely emotional help. That's that's um, really amazing, man. And uh, I I remember uh, reading about your story, and uh, I saw that uh, your sister got got you out of the fire, right? Right. Do you My remember a little bit? Uh, like, uh, do you remember? Because I know you were four years old, but do you remember something from that moment? So basically, I remember every part of the day that I got burned, except to the point where I passed out. And when she came and got me, I was passed out at that point. Mm. Yes. So, I, I have no words to describe, man, how much grateful I am to have you here on my podcast for sharing I'm your... Great, your, I'm your grateful to be here. For sharing your story, because you have no idea how much inspiration you are. I remember we talked in Instagram and you told me like, Dude, your motivation, and I'm like in, in my head, like, me, motivation, look at you. <laughs> like, you are super motivation. Like, you are motiv- <laughs> motivation at its pure. pure. So, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, you, you, you never see unless people tell it to you, but you're amazing, man. You're amazing, you're inspiration, and I really wish you the best, and I, I really uh, wish that, uh, you know, uh, one day when we will talk together, you will be like... Uh, living your dreams and doing your public speaking all around the world because you deserve it and you have a big story to tell and you are an inspiration to many many people around the world including myself so i i thank you for that brother I, I, oh gosh i'm like so honored to hear you say that it's just that i don't i don't see myself as inspiring i see you people as inspiring that's the beautiful thing about you Well, you can have an open mind and just say somebody is inspiring, no matter what you see the beauty in their struggle. That's what's inspiring to me, because there are so many people that just judge. They don't see the beauty in people who are struggling. They don't think their perspective. Mm-hmm. Everyone is fighting their own battle. And when you can see someone really angry at the airport or something, I don't choose to be mad at them. I just change my perspective. Like, why, why are they mad? And it's the same for a sad person. Put yourself in their shoes, because I don't want to just call it out what it looks like. I want to know why they feel like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call names and labels. I'm just going to try and see the beauty in their kingdom, why they feel that way, because... Ultimately, 
being alone is not what we need. People are a very social, social creature. Right. We have to talk things out. And so talking has totally helped me. And when I see other people do the same thing that I do, where they see people, they see people for them and not for their struggle or their appearance. That's what inspires me. Because so many people aren't like that. And they say they are, but it's really actions show more than words. And mm -hmm. when someone can say that another person is inspiring to them, that's inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. I think love is the oxygen for life. And once we give this, uh, uh, you know, uh, to ourselves, and we actually start to love ourselves, we actually can start to love other people as well. And you're in a great example that uh, no matter what uh, humans can go through, and you go through a lot, and I believe you had either physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, but although all of that, uh, this just show us uh, the capacity of us as human beings to overcome everything that we're going through and find a better meaning, which you did. And this is amazing, man. And if I can give you anything, because uh, you know, I'm a little bit, I know a little bit about fitness and stuff. And I told you on Instagram as well, if you want, I will be honored to, uh, even if we can do it online, to share with you some of my knowledge and help you out. So you can uh, gain uh, your gains <laughs> as you, you want it. Uh, so we can get you like really lean and shredded. You all were. Oh my gosh, that is gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, totally. Like I will do it with a lot of love. And like I told you, we'll, for those people that uh, still, uh, you know, uh, some people will talk trash and will always talk trash. And like I told you on Instagram, just give them some popcorn. So they can enjoy your show because your show is going to be really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just so honored to even be here. So I'm really thankful that I'm able to talk to you about all this stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm honored to share your story with my audience as well. So what would be the legacy you would like to live long after you won't be here? A legacy? Like after I pass away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a long, that's a long way. Yeah. Um, I would want people to see, to see more than just a person's situation. Because if someone is really mad and they're really upset, to just change their perspective. I want people to be more open-minded when I'm gone. I want people to not judge all the time. And I know that judging is good to an extent, but to not let, not to let your judgment overcloud the person and their own feelings. I just want to leave behind more acceptance of other people because so many people are discriminated and I want people to educate and not discriminate. Because I know when I'm around a ton of children, and, and when the children are with their parents, and the children are staring at me, the, the parents or the mother will instantly just take the kid away and say, don't, don't look at them. Mm. But kids need to look at people who are different. They mm. need to stop putting people who look so different in a box and, letting our kids not look at them or ask them questions. I want people 
to be encouraged to ask questions about people who look different. And that's that's really what I would want to be left behind. Just more more people to ask questions to other people who look so just obviously different from everyone else. Or in other words, you would want that it's it's really to be to accept being different right like it's yeah. it's not bad to be different it's actually the best thing you you can do to yourself right mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> thank you so much man and where can we find you of course oh um you can just find me on instagram at jdn or on facebook as jdn But my main platform is just Instagram. Oh. That's my favorite place. Awesome, brother. I really wish you the best. It was so, so uh, amazing to speak with you. you. You, For me, you got me really, really inspired to do more stuff right now. And uh, I, I really thank you. Thank you so much, man. And I have no words to describe this interview. It's one of my best, really, so far. Uh, no, that means so much, dude. Thank you. If you enjoy this interview or any other one from the Mind Body podcast, feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share or leave a message at the comments below because your opinion is really important to me. Just like I always say, leaders create leaders and we all here to grow together. For more information about fat loss, gaining muscle and taking your mind to all new level, check my site at www.lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever forget to smile. See you soon.